Welcome back to another episode of the Hoffcast. This is episode 117. The date is August 12th. Ooh, this may have been the largest gap in the Hoffcast history. Uh, sorry for the delay. I know I, I made a lot of promises before I left for my summer tour, but uh, they were not to be. Um, it's a little, uh, for the, you know, I'm doing my 50-state tour. I'm doing all 50 states in 2023, and for the summer, I take the whole family with me. The whole gang goes, and uh, probably it's been long enough that a lot of you are like, wait, did Nick die? Did he pass away on the road? I did not die. The, the family and I survived the seven weeks on the road, but as you can imagine, in a car, Sharing hotel rooms with three children and a wife, not a lot of extra work got done. So I had these big plans like, oh, I'll I'll go down to the business center of every hotel that we're in and I will hammer out the work that is necessary to continue the career going beyond just the nightly shows. And then I did none of that. <laughs> I, I did the bare minimum, which means no Hoffcast podcasts were out there. I haven't posted any videos. I video recorded every single show I did. So I've got hours and hours of footage just ready to be chopped up and little th funny things that happen along the way. So get on the social media and get ready because there's about to be a barrage of things coming down the pike. I believe it's pike. It seems like it should be pipe. I don't know why it's pike instead of pipe. It should be like because things go down a pipe, right? What the heck is a pike? There's pike, there's a fish and there's Pike's Peak. What the hell is this? What is why is it pike and not pipe? What is uh if I had an assistant I'd I'd have them look this up. Coming down, coming down the pike. Yes, it's pike. Why is it pike? What is this? Oh yeah, somebody else was confused. Is it down the pike or the pipe? The phrase is down the pike initially used to mean in the course of events and more recently in the future. Pike here is short for turnpike. Okay, that's something. And in this case is a metaphor for something encountered along the road one is traveling. Sometimes down the pipe is used for the same meaning, meaning probably showing a conflation of the similarity between the words pike and pipe and the phrase in the pipeline meaning things to come. Okay, so like it feels like either way you do it, but some some literary snob will be like, actually, it's coming down the pike, um, known as turnpike, something you would encounter on the road. Well, whatever. I said it right, but I'm still confused as to why it's not pipe. I feel like it should be pipe, but oh well. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there or anywhere but we uh yeah we went on this um summer road trip seven weeks wife and kids in the minivan holy hell and we started uh, we left los angeles uh june 19th i believe the first show was on the 20th in albuquerque new mexico so two days going on a southern route heading across the whole doggone country and holy smokes we saw a lot of it um Leaving L.A., go, driving through the desert, it's like 110 degrees. But we got to see a ton of cool things. Like, you, you think about that Southwest and you just think, like, Breaking Bad and meth. <laughs> and why the hell is anybody here in the desert? But there's some cool things there. Like, first of all, we got to see the Grand Canyon, 
which was pretty spectacular. Although, like, it's breathtaking views. Like, for those of you who have seen the Grand Canyon, you're like, yes, it is majestic. It's one of the, you know, whatever, seven wonders of the world, I think. I don't know. Uh, if it's not, it's it's up there. It's it's a wonder. And, um, and you go to it. It's beautiful, yes, but... When you're traveling with children, you're also like on high alert the entire time because it is a giant cliff that you're looking at. You're like, oh, this beautiful cliff. And then you look at your child. And you're like, they're a little close to the cliff. I'm not really a fan of how close they are wandering and trying to balance on this rock. You know, even though they're, you know, 20 feet from the edge, you go, OK, you, you slip on this rock and there's not a lot that's going to catch you on the way to the cliff's edge. And you've. We've all read those stories about the people, you know, taking a selfie along the edge and they lose their balance or they sneeze wrong or some guy trips on a rock and goes careening like that. I didn't want that to be the headline, not the beginning of the trip, maybe halfway through when I'm sick of them, then we'll talk. But like beginning of the trip, we're all still in love with each other. Like, let's let's keep everyone safe. And so it's a little bit nerve wracking. So the entire time I just like have my five year old's hand and she's like, no, I want to play him. Like, you were not allowed to play near the canyon. Um, <laughs> so the whole time I'm just, like, stressed. I think we were only there for maybe an hour. We, like, got there pretty late, drive around, and then we got to see the sunset there, which was really cool. But just the whole time, ball of stress, losing hair, losing weight, losing years off my life, just trying to keep these kids out of the canyon. So cool to see. Don't recommend it with little kids because you just don't. You have no idea. They're unpredictable. They fall at any at any turn. They can just trip and fall and be like, "Oh my god, I you know I scratched my elbow." You're like, "Well, you're gonna do more than scratch your elbow. You fall in the Grand Canyon." <laughs> so um, that was cool. Also, caveat: if you're driving from California out there, uh, there's a stretch there where there's very little to see and very little civilization. Not a lot of gas stations. So you find yourself running out of gas. You're going to have to bend over and take it because they got you. I, I rolled up on this place, and it seemed like, it seemed like okay, there's a little bit around here. Uh, you know, they're not going to hit me too hard. Holy hell, I think I paid seven ninety three a gallon or something. I was like, you turds, you absolute turd. You're just taking advantage of people because, you know, it it may cost a little bit more to get that fuel out there, but it doesn't cost three dollars more per gallon to get that fuel out there so they're just like we're the only game in town and guess what supply and demand and i get it i get it you guys you're going oh it's capitalism that's that's what makes this country great yes but there are things about capitalism that shouldn't be there and they're not what make the country great so screw that guy out and wherever the hell bumbled turds that it was Frickin' charging seven ninety three a gallon, you asshole. So at that point, I was like, okay, I'm just going to get a couple gallons and get to the next, you know, I can make it to Flagstaff or whatever the hell. And um, so we did that, but the whole time I was pissed. I let the kids take a whiz right there. I was like, we were, we were like, oh, should we go into the bathroom? I was like, just pee right here. I'm so mad at this location for not, for gouging us at that amount. And it's not like we pissed on the pumps or something, but they like walked 20 steps to the side to the little fence or whatever and just took a whiz. I was like, absolutely, I joined them. I was like, here we go. We're going to piss right here because screw them. I'm so mad. I wanted to go in and upper deck their toilet. 
Ugh, $7.93 a gallon. Kiss my ass. But we di- they got us. They got us. And there you go. You're going, well, you learn, live and learn, Nick. Well, okay. You can kiss my ass, too. I'm still mad. I'm still mad. I want people to be people. I, I know that you have every right to charge whatever you want. You're only in the game of town. Supply and demand. Boom. I get it. I get it. But don't, don't you feel bad a little bit? Don't you feel a little bit bad that that's what you're doing? Something people need as they're crossing the desert, and you're like, here we go, 793. That's what we think uh, it should be. No, it shouldn't, okay? You pile of rat garbage. You should charge. Pump it up a bit. You pump it up 50 cents. I'm not going to say anything, okay? And now you're making an extra 50 cents a gallon. By the way, you were already making something, and now I'm going to come into your shop and buy us snacks. But I was so mad at the 793 that I was like, no, we're not getting anything. We're pissing right here and we're leaving. Nobody getting any snacks. Nobody's getting water. Nobody's doing anything right now. We're just going to hate drive to Flagstaff from here on out. Oh, it's pissed me off so much. Oh, I've got to tell you because it's been so long since the Hofcast has come out that in the interim, in between what I'm talking about right now and the last podcast, I got to do Hawaii. Hawaii is one of the 50 states, and that was a cool trip. Sarah got to come with me. Uh, Mom flew in. God bless her heart. Watch the kids. Uh, you know, because we don't trust anybody else overnight. <laughs> There's very few souls in this world that we trust uh, with our children for an extended period of time, and my mom is one of them. So she flew in, God bless her, and watched the kids while Sarah and I got to go and have, even though I was working at night, like go and have a mini vacation which was awesome we got to go to honolulu and saw like pearl harbor and the uss arizona um which is kind of sobering but like an amazing thing to see and you just like this piece of american history that i feel like everybody should see at some point in their life got to do that but on the way I was developing like a pretty severe cough and I, I, not not COVID that we know of that I'm going to say no because I didn't have any of the other symptoms, but I had a, a pretty dry cough, which is not good for performers. You sit in there hacking and wheezing and people in the audience going, what the hell is this guy's problem? So in, in Hawaii, I was, I was feeling pretty, I, I didn't feel terrible, but like I couldn't really talk without coughing. So Sarah's like on this five hour flight with me trying to have a conversation. I'm like, listen up, you old bag. I'm, like, I'm dying over here. Like, leave me alone. I'm trying not to hack and wheeze on this airplane. So people throw me out in the middle of the ocean. Um, <laughs> so not a lot of talking, but we got to go on some hikes and then um, I did the show in Honolulu, which was not not fantastic. First of all, I'm fighting back a cough the entire time, so that's not ideal. So in between every single sentence, I'm like taking a sip of water, just trying not to spread the plague. And um, and so you can't do the vocal inflections that you normally would do to sell a joke or be a little extra funny. There was like kind of none of that. It was all just kind of playing and, eh, you know, whatever. But uh, Sarah and I get to have fun. We got to go to the beach and do a little bit of snorkeling. And oh, no, we didn't do snorkeling there, but we did go to the beach and hang out. And um, and then we went to the Big Island, which I didn't really even register. Like, you, you think of Hawaii, you think of, like, the small private islands, and then you think of, like, Honolulu, right? Like, Waikiki Beach, like, the big touristy area. And that was cool, but it was very touristy and felt like a city. It didn't feel like some remote location. But Kona, the Big Island, 
was really cool because uh, the whole thing's made of volcanic rock. So you just like look out and it all just looks like these black boulders, you know, just with these interesting formations. And the show there was killer. Uh, Love that show. And then the the guy that was producing it drove Sarah and I down uh, like an hour south to take a snorkeling at this place called Two Step. And it was really sweet. I, he's probably cursing my name for spreading the word about this because I think it's it's like a popular place, but I think it's also kind of a local hangout. But, um, yeah, you just take these two steps down. He's like, hey, by the way, there are these sea urchins down in holes, but just don't dig in your toes. Just be flat-footed and you'll be fine because they're down in holes. You can't get to them unless you, like, try and, like, curl your toes, which is a really hard thing to do when you're st- – like stepping down onto these slippery rocks to to tell your feet no no don't try and grip just be paddle foot just stand flat and you'll be fine but you you think oh god dude like and so i had to catch myself a couple times like my feet were like trying to grip because waves are coming in you're on the slippery rock uh but you just kind of go fast just go paddle 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 down and you're in the water see these beautiful fish these coral reefs and somebody who's terrified of sharks I was pretty good. I don't know if it was because we were down there early in the morning and I didn't, you know, I was still kind of groggy and not really aware of my surroundings or whatever it was, but it was pretty cool. And I was kind I was still on the lookout for critters and wild beasts, but uh, for the most part, I was cool and just it was awesome to go see these fish and you could kind of dive down. We didn't have the whole snorkel gear. We just had the mask. Because he had the he had the tube and stuff, but it's a little weird to share when somebody just like digs it out of their trunk and they're like, "Here you go, you can use this." I'm like, "Eh, <laughs> I don't know if the proper uh, sanitation has taken place, so I'm just gonna go ahead and hold my breath," which was fine. Because um, yeah, but that was a lot of fun. Just put on a couple of fins and and just swim down. So that was that was a blast. Uh, so Hawaii, all in all was was a great experience um and i'm glad we got to do that it was, uh, it was um one of the two states i was really worried about with the 50 state tour was there and alaska and i get to do alaska next month so uh check those off the list now back um to the summer tour with the kids bringing them on the road um we got to do, um, like, New Mexico, which Albuquerque was fine, but the cool part of New Mexico was this small town called Santa Clara. And I'm telling everybody they know about this because, I mean, first of all, I don't think you're just going to be there. It's not going to ruin the location because all of a sudden hordes of people are in, in you know, BFE <laughs> New Mexico. But Santa Clara, New Mexico, if you're ever driving in between Albuquerque and Amarillo, uh, there's this thing called the Blue Hole which is like this 40 you know, meter by 40 meter circle that's just this swimming hole that is just this naturally occurring like sinkhole that has water in it and the water regenerates itself every six hours. So every six hours is brand new water because it like sifts out and leaks in at the same time or whatever. And as a result, super cold, even though you're in the middle of like 100 degree weather. Uh, the water temperature like stays at 60 degrees at all times and it's 82 feet deep. So they train like scuba divers there. Um, but that has all these cool rock formations around it and you can just jump off these rock formations down into this cold water. I, I got a video of it. I should post, uh, cause the first time you jump in, like, you know, it's going to be cold. The, the thing says, Hey, this water's cold, but you th- it, cold water is different than cold air. Like you sit there and you go, okay, 60 degrees big whoop 
big whoop. That's like a cool summer day or like, you know, fall or like even a warm spring day. You think that's just light jacket material. I'm going to be fine out in 60 degrees. 60 degrees? Give me a break. That's not even chilly. But when it comes to translating to water, I don't know why that is. But in water, it's like, oh, dear Lord, that is brisk, baby. And you go in, you like you think, okay, it's going to be cold. You jump in. And I, by the way, I am a huge weenie when it comes to cold temperatures. But 60 degrees hits you. And I'm scream, not screaming, but I'm like, I'm yelping. Okay, that'd be the best thing. Just woo, woo, woo. And, and these kids that are already in there swimming around were mocking me. They're woo, 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 woo. And I was like, I don't even care. I'm so cold, I don't care that I look like a baby right now. This is chilly. But, you know, you're in there for a few seconds. You start to go numb. You think, okay, this is fine, kind of refreshing. And you jump out, and it's 100 degrees, so you warm up right away. But that, that was awesome. And the kids were jumping in and having a good time. So that was re I mean, we must have spent two and a half, three hours at this place that cost nothing and uh, was refreshing and just kind of a cool, natural thing. They even have a lifeguard there that's just making sure everybody, you know, nobody's going crazy or something. Uh, but it, that I highly recommend if you're ever in that area, you know, shave a couple hours and go to the blue hole there in Santa Clara, New Mexico. Cause it was super awesome right off of route 66. So there's all this, you know, old timey stuff that just kind of gets passed by. You guys have all seen the movie cars, you know what I'm talking about, but there's like cool little restaurants and stuff. These mom and pop shops that are barely hanging on, but it's really cool stuff. So hi, that's the Hoff recommends right there. Boom. Blue hole Hoff recommends um and and we're driving along we did to o- oklahoma city got to see my aunts and uncles did a show there at the bricktown comedy club big thank you to everybody that came out i had no idea you know what that was going to look like on a sunday but you guys came out it was pretty awesome you know continuing to grow in oklahoma city so thank you to everybody that who continues to support me there um, we moved on from there to New Orleans, got to take the kids out on a fan boat, got to see some, uh, alligators, you know, they get the guy that takes you out. He's got three teeth and he's telling you stories about how his mom, you know, in a hurricane got washed up cause all their graves are above ground. So like, like just all the time when, when the water level rises, they just have bodies that are floating in caskets that are out. He's like, yeah, we had to go retrieve my mom from the bayou on the horrible accent, by the way. <laughs> but, um, that was a blast. The little lady may Rose did. She did not enjoy the fan boat. She was clutching me and she was trying to tell it, slow down, tell the guy to slow down. I was like, no, this is a blast. What are you doing? Uh, but she had fun, like throwing marshmallows to the gators and stuff. And we saw some pretty good ones. Uh, we saw some pretty big ones and they don't look big when they're swimming up, which makes me think like if you're in the water and you see one, you think, oh, that guy's not that big. And then, but they get up there and it's like, holy crap, this thing's 12 feet long. He's twice as long as me. This dude would mess you up. Even a little mess you up, probably take you down. Um, but, uh, that was a blast. Got to do the beignets and, and take the kids down. (laughs) We took them down to Bourbon street or whatever. Yeah. Bourbon street down there in the French quarter. And, and, you know, it's pretty, pretty tame 
at the time we were down there. So wasn't too worried about it. I think it was on a Tuesday, you know, afternoon. Wasn't a lot going down. So the, <laughs> the kids got beads. I was like, okay, just so long as this is the only time you ever get beads down here, I'm fine with it. Wife and I, we drank like a hurricane just to be, a, you know, feel a part of it. And so that was a lot, a lot of fun, and the kids enjoyed that and stayed there at the Drury Inn. Have you guys, have you ever stayed at a Drury Inn Plaza or whatever it's called? Um, it's not the fanciest hotel, but it's nice, and it wasn't crazy expensive. I remember thinking, well, it's like an extra $30 or something for the whole family, uh, and they feed you dinner and breakfast. It, I mean, it says appetizers and snacks, but it's a full, like, if you want to go have dinner, it's a full dinner. They got, like, salad, they got meatballs, they got mac and cheese, they got, like, a taco bar. Like, this is dinner. We had dinner there, extra $30 for a family of five to have dinner there um, and breakfast. I was like, heck yes, sign us up. We don't have to do anything. We can just go from the pool down to dinner. And the kids were like, ooh, can we stay at another Drury Inn? And, <laughs> and I never uh, saw another one that we could stay at the rest of the way. But that was that was pretty cool. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Got to press pause on the on the old cast. And we're back. <laughs> what was I droning on about the Drury Plaza? Moving on. Uh, went from New Orleans all the way to Florida. And, um, oh, by the way, on the road, I don't know what you guys do when you're, you know, you, you have something to break up the monotony. It used to be we'd have to stop about, like, for an hour for every three hours of driving when the kids were tiny. You know, just give them the stretch of their legs, change diapers, whatever it is. Now the kids are out of diapers. They can tell us when they have to go to the bathroom. You know, if they if they get kind of cooped up, they can, you know, unbuckle and kind of stretch out a little bit for a few minutes. So we can go for longer stretches, but we still find things to break up the monotony. But we don't have time, uh, you know, on some of these drives, we don't have time to like, oh, we're going to stop at this zoo or this museum. We don't have hours to kill. But also, you know, what do you do? What do you do on the road when you're like, hey, let, maybe we'll take a half an hour and go do something. Sometimes there's something cool you can see, and we did a handful of those. But uh, what Sarah and I like to do, <laughs> and this uh, this feels like an old person thing to do, but we go to antique stores. Sarah's got a couple of things that she likes to collect and, and you know, see what... And I kind of like going into antique stores, especially the ones that are kind of bigger and cluttery, where you're like, oh, this is a person This is a person who has died, and their kids didn't know what to do with their crap, so they put it in an antique wall. <laughs> That's what this feels like. So you get to see... And, like, especially driving across the country, like, all different parts of the country have different things that people were into. So you kind of get a taste of, oh, that's what it would have been like to live here, you know, 30 years ago because this is what the people were collecting. This is what they were into. And I like to go to those places and see all those, like, relics. And the kids, they they go back and forth because sometimes they're like, what? Another antique store? This sucks. You're the worst mom and dad of all time. Um, and we're like, shut it, just come on in, stay in the car, I don't care what you do. Um, but, um, we like to go in there, you know, kill a half hour, and the kids sometimes get into it too. They kind of like learn about that. Oh, that's what this is. This people used to use these things instead of this, and and you kind of get to. It's like a teachable moment, right? And at the same time, you're enjoying going around looking at things, and you buy a few things here and there that you're like, oh, this is really cool, and it's look, it's it's three dollars. So here we can get this cool thing for three dollars. Um, 
And so that's what we do on the road. But it's it's a it's a fine line between the kids thinking it's really cool or thinking you know they just want to drive off a cliff because we're going to an antique store. So that that's kind of what we do. And uh, and it's weird when you're driving around, like especially now that I'm uh, you know I'm on the wrong side of forty, right? So I'm a little older. And you get to a certain place and you go, okay, this is cool. I'm seeing this. I felt this way in New Orleans. Like uh, you go to New Orleans and I've only been there uh, one other time in my life for like a bachelor party. And you you go and you go, okay, this is cool. There's all this unique culture here. Um, But realistically, and maybe I'm too young to be thinking this way, but I, I do now. I think this way. But I go, realistically, am I ever going to come back here? Am I ever going to be back in new orleans in my life you know over 40 it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that i just croak one day uh you know heaven forbid knock on all the wood in your house right now and we can't lose the hoff but but you know that could happen and you know what do i got another let's say i live to be 80 i got another 40 years and you go okay you know how my bachelor parties aren't happening anymore um, unless I come back here for a show or if something, you know, wild, somebody decides to get married there, like, am I going to come back? Maybe, but also maybe not. Maybe not. This might be the last time I'm ever in New Orleans. So it's kind of, you look at places a little differently when when you think that way. You go, you take it in a little bit more because, that you know, who knows? But before 40, I took everything for granted. I was like, well, here's this. I'll come back. I'll be back. Or even if I didn't think that, I just didn't think the opposite, like that I might not come back. Um, but I just kind of took everything for granted. Now I look at things just a just in a half second longer and think, okay, you know, make sure you experience this and appreciate the experience and lock in, you know, some kind of memory based in sound or smell, uh, you know, because sometimes visuals aren't enough. Sometimes you got to lock in like a secondary sense that'll just, you know, seal that memory in your mind. You know, if it's a memory worth keeping anyway. Um, so in New Orleans, it's not hard to lock in the smell. <laughs> and then you remember back, you go, okay, <laughs> that uh, the visuals were fun uh, and the culture was fun. The smell was not fun, but it's, it's locked in there. So I, I think no matter what your experience in New Orleans is, it's probably tainted a little by, by the scent of uh, like piss and vomit. Um, <laughs> sorry, Louisiana, uh, if that, if that hurts your feelings. So moved on from there, went, uh, on a Southern route, continued on the, on the South side, all the way to Florida, had a show in Gainesville, Florida. And it had been years since I'd done a show there. So thank you to the people that came out. Um, got to do, you know, this cool little location called high dive, which is like a little rock club that they've had lots of big bands from back in the day. So that was pretty cool to do that. And then got to do side splitters, which is one of the top clubs in the country. So I got to do side splitters in Tampa, which had been, I think 12 years since I'd been at that location. And so thank you to, to people in Florida that came out to those shows, had, had some pretty good shows, had a few light ones. I think I did seven shows total there so you know i'm not the sell out seven shows yet guy but we're working on it we're working on it thank you to you guys that came out and that brought 
people. That's a huge thing. When when not only you come to a show because you you liked it uh, and you want to see another show, uh, but then you like recruit people that haven't seen me before. That's huge. When you guys become a part of the, you know, helping me spread the word and, and recruiting people to come out and see. Thank you. That happened several times over the summer where people are like, and look, I brought new people. And I'm like, ah, oh, thank you. That's so cool. Um, so I really appreciate that. That's that's awesome. When that starts to compound, then you start to see the big change. And all of a sudden now, boom, we're talking about maybe selling out seven shows. And you, the club's like anxious to have you back. Like, let's get you back because we're selling all these tickets. And then all of a sudden you go, okay, instead of seven sold out shows, now we're going to do two in the theater that holds 1,200 people. Now we're talking because then you can really cram in some dates and get to more places because otherwise you're spending a full – four days in Tampa, Florida, where that could be spread out. And don't get me wrong, I liked Florida, I liked Tampa, but, you know, if you could do two nights in Tampa and then two nights in Orlando, now all of a sudden you're moving around, or maybe one night in Tampa, Orlando, Miami, Jacksonville, and all of a sudden you hit all four markets and you get to spread your comedy that much further. So that's that's the dream, right? And we're working toward it. I believe it will happen. Thank you for everything you guys have done because uh, you've really helped my career in that way. Um. So I, I really appreciate it. Uh, we went, were down in Florida, got to eat at one of my favorite places. The uh, Stone Soup Company has a great Cuban that has this bomb dipping sauce. You can dip it right there in Ybor City. Big thanks to Brian and everybody at Side Splitters who had me out. Um, and uh, <laughs> we did have one incident of road rage, you know, driving around in the minivan from California. You know, there's all this. Uh, there, there's some places where there's extra animosity toward the opposite coast and i think florida is one of those places which i don't really harbor any of that i never did that in you know growing up either like we had you know growing up in nebraska people say oh iowa sucks or colorado sucks or whatever oklahoma sucks i never felt that way i always was kind of like well who cares like yes when we play them in football we want to beat them but i don't hold ill will like toward the people i got friends and family in all those places you know good people there you know they're just trying to live their life so it's always weird when there's this strange animosity we had one incident of guy who pulled up next to us and he was so fierce he's cursing at me he's like go back to california pieces and you go oh geez come on we got kids in the car i don't give a shit about your kids he wasn't saying shit either he was saying the other one so i apologize for that uh but he, he was being much worse than i'm doing right here on the podcast but i was like oh man this guy hates us just because of our license plate <laughs> um uh, so, but other than that, everybody else in Florida was fantastic, had a good time. That's all I'm going to recap of the summer tour. There's, you know, several more states that I'm going to go through, but I feel like that's enough for this podcast. I, I you know, I'm constantly working on things right before, right before, um, I left for the summer tour. I had a few things that I had promised to do around my, uh, the place where we live. Uh, you know, any, this is my problem. I opened my fat mouth because people come and they're like, oh, we got to replace the you know community toilet down at the pool, and it's going to cost $700. And I go, it's not going to cost $700. They're like, that's the quote we got. And I'm like, I can do it for cheaper. Like, let me, I'll do it fine. And then, then, I get, then I promise these things where I'm like, fine. And this is literally the example. The, the toilet near the, the pool where we live, uh, you know, needed to be replaced. And they were they were coming in with all these high quotes. And I was like, I'll do it. I, I want to save us money. I'll do it. And I don't have time to do it. 
and I'm not great at it anyway. I've done it a couple of times in my life, but I'm like, I'll do it. So now I'm, you know, the day before we're leaving, Sarah's packing up. She's like, why are you not packed? What's going on? We're leaving for two months. What are you doing? I'm like, I got to go Home Depot, buy a toilet, buy the stuff for the toilet. <laughs> She's like, you don't have time for this. Like, I don't have time, but I've, I've been putting this off now for the last three weeks and I promised I'd do it. Now we're going to leave for seven weeks. I got to do it now. So here I am the day uh, before we're leaving, I'm replacing a toilet, and then I remember I also promised to help this lady uh, repair her fence. <laughs> you know, because she came in with, oh, it's going to cost this much to repair the fence. Oh, I'll do it. I can do it. Just give me some time. And, of course, I leave it till the day before. So the day of, I'm now repairing this fence that this lady has. Sarah's like, you don't have time for this. We're trying to leave in 30 minutes. I was like, oh, that'll be, take me 27 minutes. I'll repair the fence. And I, I don't know why I do this, but I can't allow people to be ripped off. And I can't allow, like, people to take advantage. It's like the gas station all over again. I'm so mad when people try to gouge you on something like that. So, you know, I could I could meet a stranger who's like, oh, they're going to charge me $1,000 to mow my lawn. I'm like, I'll be there on Tuesday. I'll mow it for free. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to make money on this. But now I do things. And so I fixed this toilet. I repaired. I, I put in a new toilet. I got to dispose of the old ones. Gross. It's disgusting. Working with a toilet, no matter what, is gross. You know, you're like, eh, how many asses have sat, have sat on this? This is heinous. Now here I am with my face inches from where everybody's ass has sat. Um, yeah, get get that done. Put the new toilet on. Even the new toilet, you're kind of like, ah, it's still a toilet. It's weird. And so you, I put it on there. I did all the thing. I cocked around the bottom of it, installed everything. It's working properly. It's flushing. But in the back of my head, I'm like, if anything ever goes wrong with this toilet, it's going to come back to my doorstep. If any, you know, three years from now, and all of a sudden, like, it's not flushing properly. Like, well, Nick installed it. Let's go talk to him. What's wrong with it, Nick? Well, you did a bum job. So now I've got this, like, underlying anxiety every time I, like, think about it, or every time now I go to the pool, I will be like, oh, there's that toilet. I hope it's okay. I hope it doesn't break. So it sucks. Anything goes wrong, it's my fault. And out of the goodness of my heart, I do this, and now here I am stressing about it. See what you get. See what you get, people, for trying to be a good person and try and protect society from getting ripped off. Then all of a sudden you get ripped off because you're the one responsible for it. It's just it's not nobody wants to be responsible. I think Seinfeld said it. Nobody wants to be responsible. Why would I want to be responsible for a thing? Anything goes wrong, the first thing people ask is, who's responsible for this? Don't want to be responsible. <laughs> uh, big shout out to Seinfeld. Anyway, that's, uh, we're, we're, we're over the half hour mark, which is... Uh, where I like to get to, you know, just give you guys uh, enough of the what's going on. And so I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this came since April and I promised all this good stuff and I've got stories galore and I've got lots of things from the road. So stick with me. Uh, the next episode won't be far behind. I'm not going to promise, but I'm going to tell you that that's my intention. So uh, the kids are going back to school next week. So, they, you know, my full intention is to get back on this Hoffcast train. Still looking for episode 100, I know but we'll get it uh by the way 29 states down on the 50 state tour so 29 down 21 to go bunch still coming up so keep your eyes peeled and help me spread the word tell everybody because the hour is getting tight you guys the hour is getting tight i mean like if i had to film it this week i could but it's got i still have three more months to just like continue to jam punchlines in there and bring in some new jokes and tighten things up so i'm stoked about it for these last 21 states and then recording in in glendale arizona in december but coming up now 
now. Uh, end of the month, uh, August 30th in Des Moines, Iowa at the Funny Bone. Going back there. That's a Wednesday, but who cares? Get a ticket. Get a babysitter. Come on out. Invite some friends. And then the next night, uh, the 31st, in Omaha. Now, that's opening night of the Husker season, but that's fine. We'll go. We'll hold each other. Watch the second half together. So come on out. Um, by the way, both these places, those clubs hold like 300 people. But listen, if we just get 30 people to get a group to come out, that will sell it out. So make sure, you know, get a big group. Don't just like be like, oh, I'll come by myself or or the wife and I will come. No, get, get you know, invite three or four couples to come on out, enjoy the show. I promise you're going to have a great time. So get those tickets now because – I, I keep harping on this. I, I need I need people to be a little more like, oh, we're going to get them at the door. Or, but no, I need you to like, okay, as soon as the show's announced, let's get those tickets because the club sees that. And then they you know don't have to spend as much promoting it, which means more money for me, which means cheaper tickets overall for you. And, and the, it works best for everybody. So make sure you get those tickets. Put it on the iCalendar. Uh, Des Moines, August 30th. Omaha, August 31st. Then in September, I'm in Dallas and San Jose, California. And I go to Alaska. So NickHoff.com for all those tickets. Get them now. Even if I'm not coming till November to your city, get the tickets so that it helps. It helps the, the whole deal. Get a group. Get the tickets. I love you guys. I hope you're doing well. I'll talk to you soon. And in the meantime, don't forget to do do bip.